Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Urban Performance Labs. It's a fitness company out of Australia that's based here in the United States. Um, when it comes to fitness, working out and training, supplementation is the key. These guys have got some of the number one products on the market right now. Check it out. We got the Ultra Test. We have got the, uh, I mean, the Omega Fish Oil, which is amazing for your liver. We've got the vitamin B drops and the creatine. If you drop the WHH promo code, you're going to get 10% off your order. Also, if you spend over 200 bucks, guys, we're going to ship it anywhere in the world for free. And as you know, shipping prices are huge. So we're going to ship that for free. And check out all the merchandise that you see right behind me here. You can get T-shirts, hats, cups, bags, mugs, whatever you need. Tell them Marcus sent you. Of course, we're also sponsored by MMA Uncensored, the number one mixed martial arts site on the internet. Check these guys out. They've got all your mixed martial arts needs, make sure you go and give them a follow, a like, and a subscribe. Drop a comment and tell them that you saw this on the show, What Happens Here. Of course, today's episode is proudly fueled by... This is the current Irish whiskey belt holder. This is the Rich and Smooth Challenger. Ding, ding. Proper number 12, Irish whiskey. One for all. What's the story, guys? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Marcus Deegan shooting straight from Sin City here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Thank you very much for joining us on all of our social media platforms. Also, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. And, of course, if you're watching us here on YouTube, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. We have another kick-ass guest in the house today. Man, I'm pumped about this one. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about this guy. Now, look, I normally just do my intros off the bat. I had to write a few things down because this man's resume is massive. I have an amazing life. I live in Las Vegas. I get to talk to amazing people. I have this podcast. However, this man takes living life to the fullest, to the stratosphere. Let me tell you about this guy. He was a former, former president for the Hells Angels Bike Club. He's an Italian bad boy. He's an actor. He's a stuntman. He's a bodyguard for some of the most A-list clients in the world. Let me run off a couple of these. Angelina Jolie, Bill Clinton, Sylvester Stallone, Pamela Anderson. He's buddies with Mickey Rourke, Mike Tyson, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's been on the Howard Stern Show many, many times. But today, he's in the studio with me. But look, don't believe what I'm saying. Check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to the podcast one of the most infamous, one of the most famous characters that's graced the TV screen. Would you please welcome to my show, Mr. Chuck Zeno! <laughs> thank you, thank you. Welcome to the show, Chuck. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Mate, thank you. I, I appreciate you being here. This has been a long time coming. I'm glad I finally got you here. First of all, why are you here in Las Vegas right now? I'm actually filming a movie here. Okay. And uh, 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 called uh, Dark Angel. Can you and describe with, exactly what it's about? With one of our dear friends, six-time UFC champion, Randy Couture. Is that right? Randy's yes. performing in this movie yes, as well. absolutely. What's his acting skills like, Chuck? He's great. I, this is my second movie I've done done with him. Right. And uh, he's, he, of course, was Expendables. Yep. All the Expendables. He's, he's just a great guy. And his girlfriend, Mindy Robinson, wrote the uh, script. Is that right? Now, when yeah. does this plan on being released? Well, they're still filming it, so you figure a year from now, the time it gets all, you know, time it gets edited and finished and everything. Yeah, so we and had a little few technical problems here before the show, but you were sitting there very patiently. Is that what, something that you learned being an actor, Chuck? You have absolutely, to do, absolutely. Can you, so it's take after take after take. Take after take after take. Does so. that get boring if you do, like, a really good job and then the director says, nah, do it again? <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Like um, I said, I, when I was a stuntman, uh, uh, I did a staff wall, a long staff wall on, on marble. And the director says, that was great. A awesome, stair, awesome. Stairs down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. 
We used to do, you know, all kinds of fight scenes and, and, and repelling from buildings and get thrown off buildings and landing airbags, all that stuff. So he says, that was great. Can you do one more time? <laughs> I said, absolutely. I'll do it. And the last step, I hit my head, cracked my head. Do you have a lot of injuries being a stuntman, Chuck? Because no, you look like really, you're in amazing really, shape. Not really. I've, I feel good. I've never really hurt myself. I yeah. hurt myself more in, you know, uh, jujitsu than I did in uh, uh, stunts. Yep. So looking you know, at that sizzle reel that we played, man, you don't look much different. Can, can, we, can I ask how old you are? Uh, March 1st, I'll be 68. Is that right? Yes. Well, how, how do you not age? Is it, the, is it the Italian blood? You know what? I think what preserved me, you know, I never, never smoked, never drank, and I never took a drug in my life, never even tried it. So I think that preserved me a little, and that's why I look you know, still young. It's, it's, it's quite funny that you say that, that you've never done drugs or you never smoked or drank. Um, I suppose the stigma and the perception that people have of bikers and bike clubs and motorcycle yeah. clubs yeah. is that they're all um, drug addicts and that they're all criminals. Um, you kind of have stood out from that. What, yeah. what, what separated you well, from that, Chuck? I, being in that environment, being the president of the Hells uh, Angels, how did you in stay? New York, in New York. In New, New York? York? New York Nomads. Not the whole club. Right, right, right. but for your sector, right? Yeah. So how do you keep on the straight and narrow being in, in that environment? Well, you know what? I, because I've never, You've never done, done any drugs and everything else, uh, uh, but I've been around more drugs than a drugstore. Right. You know, and some people, even celebrities I've bodyguarded for. But uh, I just never did it. And I was, like I said, at a young age, I started boxing. My father was a professional boxer, so I never got into the bad habits. Right. Um, I mean, if you, go, uh, if you guys are listening right now, I've got to tell you, uh, this man looks incredible for 68 years of age. Um, he's got, I've got more wrinkles than him, and I'm 50. Um, <laughs> you, you, your, your physique is still, do you still train a lot? Well, I haven't. I, actually, because I'm at the hotel, they put me up in a be beautiful hotel, the Green Valley Ranch and Spa here in Henderson. Beautiful hotel. And, and they have a, a great gym there. And I have a, not lifted a weight in three years. Really? Yeah. I just do, you know, my calisthenics at home and my, my push-ups and my sit-ups, things like that to keep, you know, fit. Yeah. But uh, I just started lifting again. Yeah. And uh, I go there at 11 o'clock at night, and I'm the only one in the gym. So it's like my my private gym. So you can train with your shirt off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, not really, but, you know. Now, when you look at those videos like that, you're in phenomenal shape. Um, yeah. Does it have a psychological effect yeah. when you've been training your whole life? You've always had a rig. You've always yeah, been built like yeah. a brick shit house. Yeah. When you don't train for three years, is that kind of like, do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and go, fuck, I've got to get back into it again? Or Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. You know, you, you, especially that video you did uh, uh, before when I was training. I was 50 years old there. All right. Wow. So I was 50 there. So yeah, that was 18 years ago. That's just <laughs> incredible. That's amazing. I mean, um, you, you've had such a, like in my intro, I said you're, you're the type of person that, that um, it's my life. It's now or never. I'm not going to live forever. I'm going to live while I'm alive, you know? Absolutely. And, and, you've, and you've done that, and you've done so many things. Um, you've had a lot of ups, and you've also had a lot of downs. Um, yes. not, not in your career, but maybe in, in, your, in your personal life. So, obviously, was, was how old were you when you joined the Hells Angels? I was uh, 24 when I came around. I was 25 when I became a Hells Angels, 1979. And I was in a club for 25 years. And then uh, um, in 2004, I quit the club. And what was your reason for joining the club? Uh, because those those are the people who inspired me to ride a motorcycle. I remember in 1967, I was 14 years old, and I went to go see Hell's Angels on Wheels with Jack Nicholson and Sonny Barga. And I, I just, and they inspired me. I went home, and I took a Schwinn bicycle and a lawnmower, and I built a mini bike. And I went to Jack's Army and Navy store, and I bought a dungaree jacket for $6. And I hand-painted on the back of the jacket the opposite of Hell's Angels, Heaven's Devils. So I was riding around town with my, my mini bike and my new colors. Is that right? And that's how it started. So why did, why did it finish? So basically I was, uh, I, saw, uh, I was riding my mini bike and I saw a guy named Tall Paul Westermeyer. I saw a chopper you know, right down the block from me. And I went in there and all of a sudden I hear a guy, Hey, what are you doing by that bike? I look up and there's this big guy with, 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 you know, all the, uh, the colors with all the medals on it back. And that's back in, uh, 67. 
And I said, shit, there's a Hells Angel living in my neighborhood, man. But he turned out to be, he was a member of the uh, Bronx Aliens, which was a big club back then. And uh, I became friends with him. Me, even though he was like 18 years old, I was 14. And I used to jump on the back of his bike and he gave me for a ride. And he taught me how to, uh, uh, basically I found out how to build bikes and everything from him. Learned how to paint from him and everything. And uh, then when I was... Uh, uh, Riding around with my friends after I, I built my first uh, motorcycle when I was 16. It was a, a Sportster. It was a basket case. And Paul helped me build it. And I, I uh, started, you know, riding motorcycles. My friends had motorcycles. So we started a, a, a local club called New Rochelle MC. Just a place to go and hang out with my friends. And then we had some parties and other bike clubs came. And there was a club there called the Chingling Nomads from the Bronx. And it was an outlaw motorcycle club in the Bronx, and we wound up merging with them. Mm. And I was uh, a member of their club for about four years, and then we went to a uh, Hell's Angel party that happened to be uh, Connecticut's two-year anniversary party. And uh, what happened was I started, you know, I quit the chinglings and started hanging out with the, uh, the Hell's Angels. With the, big, with the big guns. And those are the guys, when I met them, they inspired me. Yeah. Now what happened was when I was a chingling, I... Uh, we were playing pool, and it was in the Bronx, the tenements there. They had small you know, alleyways, and somebody said, there's a Hell's Angel just pulled up. I said, oh, yeah, let's go see what he looks like. So I was coming up the alley, which is only like maybe four, four feet wide, and as I made the turn, he makes the turn, and all of a sudden I look at this big guy. His name was Big Vinny Girolamo. And, uh, he when someone's like called Big Vinny, you know six, six four, <laughs> 400 pounds. And I looked at him, he goes, hey, and he used to say, hey, how you doing, man, Big Vinny? I was like, New York City. That's how he used to talk. And uh, I said, hey, how you doing, Chuck Zito? And we started talking, and I had a, a Golden Gloves patch on me because I went and was in the Golden Gloves. And he goes, you in the Golden Gloves, man? I said, yeah. He goes, my chief's in the Golden Gloves. He's a boxer, too. And I found out, you know, the president of the Hells Angels, New York City, was a guy named Sandy Alexander. And found out that he was training at Gramercy Gym on 14th Street, which was a big gym at the time. And I started going down there, and I met him, and we started uh, training together, sparring each other, and that's how I started hanging out with the Hell's Angels. Now, do a lot of the did a lot of the Hell's Angels uh, train boxing and martial arts? Uh, a lot of them do now. I mean, yep. back in the day, there was very few of us. Sandy yep. was a professional boxer. Uh, 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 there was another guy named John the Baptist. John LaFranco. John LaFranco became a, 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 a heavyweight fighter, became yep. a pro. He, he did pretty good. Yeah. You were one of his first fights too, right, Chuck? Oh, I've, I'm the one who brought him to That's the right. uh, gym. And what year was that? Well, it was 19, uh, 1980. I brought him to uh, the Golden Gloves, yep. the finals. And we're sitting there, and he, all of a sudden he goes, I could beat those guys. And I says to him, I said, you know what? Why don't you come to the gym tomorrow and prove it? And he came to the gym the next day. We sparred, and uh, he loved it. Wow. And now he used to do a lot of, you know, drink a lot, everything else. And yeah. he stopped everything and became a professional fighter. And, well, he became an amateur first, and he went in the Golden Gloves, beat everybody there was. And in the finals, he fought a guy named, I don't remember, it was like it was yesterday, Antonio Sinelli. And he was a small guy, looked like Marciano, threw when I was punches, those haymakers. And uh, John lost the decision to him. Wow, that's so right. the other guy, Sinelli, won the title. And then John was, you know, uh, you know discouraged with uh, the, the amateur stuff, so he became a pro. And he had an 18-2 record before we all went to uh, Club Fed. You know, <laughs> for those of you that don't know what Club Fed is, that's uh, that's that's an Italian, that's an Italian. I, I don't want to say mob slang, is it? Is that? W w am I correct saying no, that? No, no, no. Just Club Fed is you know the federal prisons. <laughs> I mean, you know, so we call it Club Fed. What, what do you think was the biggest lesson that you learned, and did those lessons carry on into your future life from being in the Hell's Angels? What 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 was the biggest well, thing that you learned from I, that? I always have to say. Uh, uh, now, Sandy Alexander, who was the president of New York City, he was a stuntman in the movie business. And there was a movie in 1980 called Dead Ringer with Cher Meatloaf. And he needed guys to ride motorcycles in it. So who'd he get? The Hells Angels. Right. So we all uh, had tuxedos on in, in, in the film, and it said Meatloaf on our back. Wow. So that's how we started, and I wound up getting the stunt bug. 
And I started being you know, a stuntman. And Sandy was a stunt coordinator. All the shows he did, I was in it. Yep. And uh, that's how I became an you actor. Know, in, 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 yeah. an actor. Well, what, what the, and I always give him credit because, you know, it wasn't for Sandy Alexander and the Hells Angels. They opened the doors for me in Hollywood. Right. Really? And that's how it started. They should, wrote it, they should do a documentary on you. They're doing one right now. We're, doing, we're filming it. <laughs> I Is that right? Yeah, we were here for three days. The people were here filming it on me on the set and everything. They're doing my life story. We'll be uh, out, out probably this summer. Wow. Maybe we can send you a little bit of our footage, Chuck, and you can maybe mix that into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know what I mean? Um, so, so. And a guy named Dominic Milano is doing the, uh, the, uh, my documentary for me. Wow. So we started filming it. We started actually three years ago with a guy named Mike uh, Moore. And uh, he was in 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 uh, uh, his production company was called Vidiots, and uh, into production they ran out of money and they couldn't finish it. And then I waited, you know, a year or so, two years, and I found this guy Dominic, who I went to go see Michael Madsen's documentary, which yeah. was pretty good. I went to the Grumman's Chinese Theater, and and this guy uh, Dominic was there, and I asked him. I said, Look, I have a uh, you know, my life story is almost finished. It's three quarters of the way done. Would you be interested? He goes, absolutely. Everybody knows who you are. Let's do it. And, and so we've been filming it. And how's that? How's that experience? Oh, it's great. Because, you know, when you do somebody's life do documentary, maybe five or six people talk for them. I have up to over 30 people already. Yeah, yeah. From, you know, Sylvester Stallone, Pamela Anderson, Mickey Rock, Andrew Dice Clay, uh, 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 of course, uh, uh, Randy Couture, uh, Mindy Robinson. Uh, we're doing Frank Stallone when I get back. We're doing Mike Tyson when I get back. So all these people are talking on my behalf, and it's just, just I'm, you know, I'm blessed and I'm lucky. I mean, you, you've had such an incredible life. Now, did did the bodyguarding come after the Hell's Angels? Yes, after the Hell's yes, Angels. Because that's another thing. If I wasn't a Hell's Angel, I wouldn't have been in that position. Mm. I was at a bike show at the New York Coliseum, and they used to have celebrity guests there. And Robbie Conrad was there from Black Sheep Squadron and, and uh, you know, knocked the battery off my, you know, the, uh, uh, all that. So what happened was a lot of people were around him. His bodyguard asked me, could I help him get in the back? And, of course, he saw me at Hell's Angel. And, and basically, when I walked in front of them, people would part ways. Right. In like the, the Red Sea. Isn't it know? amazing that those two, um, that, um, those four words, he's a Hell's Angel, can create such... Just because of the the infamous um, reputation that they have, yes. that people will just get out of the fucking yeah, way. Yeah, they got out of the way. And, and especially like like don't fuck with Liza Minnelli's bodyguard. He's a Hell's Angel, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Hence the reason why they used to hire a lot of Hell's Angels for security at um, rock concerts and things like absolutely, that. Absolutely. Now I will say, I will say, as infamous as this uh, amazing motorcycle club is. In Australia, I mean, these guys, these guys are all over the world. You're, all you're, over the world. I, I have actually partied at a clubhouse in Sydney, Australia with the Hells Angels, and I have to say it was one of the top six nights of my life. I felt completely safe. Everyone was com completely respectful with all the girls that, that I was with that we brought there, and it was just such an amazing time. What's the biggest misconception that people have about guys that ride motorcycles? Well, it's like I've done a bunch of shows, and the thing is that we're all drug dealers and drug users and all. I said, well, I'm the proof that we're not because I, I never smoked, I never drank, I never took a drug in my life, never even tried it, never smoked a joint. And uh, that's what it pisses me off. Does that I piss said, you off? Yeah, it does piss me off because you know what? They, 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 uh, you have this reputation that precedes you, and, and, and uh, a lot of people look at you like uh, you're a criminal organization and, and everything else, but... Uh, it's not. Everybody has a job. I mean, everybody has. Some people don't, but most of them work. And right. uh, like I did. I mean, I worked every day. I was a refrigeration mechanic when I first joined the Hells Angels. Wow. You know, I had a family and uh, kids. I have a daughter, uh, Lisa. And uh, uh, people, you know, have this perception of me and this, uh, you know, think about it. And it's, it, that's what great does, you know, gets me crazy is... Uh, but if it isn't it amazing how like you've been accepted into this world of Hollywood, you, you've you've been a security and bodyguard for all these A-list people, and yeah. um, but you, but you were a Hell's Angel, but you know they're supposed yeah. to, that's just such an amazing accomplishment. The, uh, the uh, thing about it, after I walked Robert Conrad in the back, 
I started talking to his bodyguard. I said, you know, you make money out of this? He goes, yeah, we make good money. I said, well, how'd you get started? He goes, you know what? The best thing to do, think of a good name, have cards made, and start handing them out. So I was a Hell's Angel. My name was Charlie Chuck. So I called it Charlie's Angels Bodyguard Service. Nice. Yeah, so I had the card made up, and I had a, a kickboxer, you know, f- with, with wings, and I started handing them out. And... uh I remember going to uh, the Academy of Music with uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Bellucci to watch the uh, Duran Sugar Ray Leonard fight. Wow. The first one. That must have been fun. Uh, oh, it was all awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And then after, the, after the, uh, the, the, the fight, they said, look, we're going to go to this place up uptown called Cafe Central. It's, it's a you know, restaurant and bar. I said, you know what? I don't like to go anywhere because I don't drink. And the only thing happens, you know, things start. You know, they see Hells Angel. They want to prove themselves and things like that. And you always wore your colors, right? Oh, everywhere I went. You never saw me leave my house or 24-7, basically. You know, the yeah. only time I took them off when I was sleeping. Is that right? And what about at, if people t- told you to take them off? I, what? If someone told you to take it off, like I know that there was an incident where um, you were trying to get a job at a club as a bouncer and, and they told you that you had to take off your colors. This is, this is the place I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Let me take it. You, 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 you're That's jumping ahead of me, man. <laughs> you're jumping ahead of me, Baba. <laughs> so they said, uh, look, this is a place. There's all ballerinas there. There's all, you know, actresses there. That's, you know, I'll come. So we walked into the place and it was called Cafe Central. It was up on the west side. And as soon as I walked in there, you started, you saw celebrities all over the place, girls and, and, and Treat Williams. You look in one corner, Treat Williams is there. John Goodman is there. Liza Minnelli is there. Cher is there. And I'm like looking in awe. I'm saying, wow. (sighs) So they start walking around. I'm walking around. And the next thing you know, this guy, Paul Herman comes up to me. He goes, how you doing? My name's Paul Herman. I'm the maitre d' here. He goes, look, my boss is asking me, you know, you, you take off your jacket because you're scaring the people. I said, let me tell you something. I don't take my patch off for anybody. So, you know, that's it. I said, you tell your boss to come see me. So, and this guy, Paul, after we became friends through the years, he goes, I couldn't, you know, I didn't want to go up to you. I was scared shit to come up to you and everything else. So this guy comes up to me, goes, is little Peter Herrera. He goes, uh, hey, my name's Peter Herrera. I own the place. What's the problem? I said, well, you tell me. Your friend's telling me to take off my jacket. He goes, well, you're scaring all my customers. So you should take it off or you have to leave. I said, I'll tell you what. I don't take my patch off for nobody, and I'm going to leave when my friends leave, the ones who I came here with. Right. I said, first of all, let me tell you something. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Never took a drug in my life. Then he goes, you know what? Let's sit down. Let's, let's talk. Hmm. After about an hour talking, he goes, you know what? You're welcome here anytime you want. And that was my new home every night. Right. I went there, put my motorcycle. I had my Hells Angel patch on, and I just started going there. Yeah. And I started giving my cards out. Then the next thing you know, I brought a couple of Hells Angels with me, and he's saying, oh, look, this, you know, I don't need this place up here. And the crazy thing about it, one night we're, we're there, I'm sitting with Paul, and we're sitting at the back table, and that's where the uh, restrooms were. So I always drink, drink a Coca-Cola or they had the greatest uh, uh, chocolate cake. I would have chocolate cake with a glass of milk. <laughs> and you Look saw at Big Chuck Z, yeah. I mean, chocolate cake and, and drinking yeah. milk. And, and the crazy about it, the, about it, Bruce Willis was the bartender wow. before he was anybody. Really? Yeah, he, had a, he, he did a couple of jobs. He did moonlighting. He did that. But he was the bartender. So I'm up there, and I'm drinking my Coca-Cola. All of a sudden, I see a hand come up, and he takes my soda. So I look up, and I says. I said, hey, man, what are you doing? He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty. I say, I said, what, do you want to get knocked out? He goes, I want to get knocked out? You know what? There's three of us. I said, really? Let's go outside. You know, we went right there, wound up in the street. Three punches, I knocked out all three guys. <laughs> Boom, they're laying in the middle of the street. Who comes pulling up? Peter Herrera with his car, and Treat Williams gets out. And uh, he gets out. See, what? that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And Paul went up, look, you know, Peter. These guys started it. Chuck finished it, you know, and that's what happened. Wow. And I started, you know, going to a place, and I, I brought a couple of the Hells Angels with me, and uh, it was just a great place to hang out. And I, like I said, I started giving my cards out. I gave them to Liza. Next thing you knew, Liza Minnelli called me. Her uh, sister, Lorna Luft, was doing a play called Snoopy on Broadway, and she was getting death threats, and she wanted me to work for her, and that's what I did. I she, Basically, Liza hired me for Lorna Luft. And after Lorna, then I worked for Liza. Right. Once I worked for Liza, she was doing a play. 
called The Rink at the Martin Beck Theater. And everybody came to see her in the dress room. I don't care who it was. You know, it was Don Rickles. It was Elizabeth Taylor. It was Michael Jackson. It was everybody. Everybody and everybody came to see her. And, of course, they had You're to, go, the door. They had get through you to come through me. Wow. They had to come through me. In fact, wow. Liza loved her one night. She goes, I walked in there. I said, can you wait a minute? I says, Liza, there's, oh, Elizabeth Taylor's waiting. <laughs> she goes, you have a waiting outside? You stopped Elizabeth Taylor from coming in here? I said, yes. She goes, I love it. Wow. Yeah. So wow. it was great. It was great. And like I said, I met everybody. Liberace. I mean, Liberace. I used to, at the time, I had rings on every finger. Yeah. And Liberace grabbed my, my hand. He goes, and we started comparing rings because he had rings on every finger. So I would go there. And he would show me his. And then my ring was bigger than his. And I, he showed me that. My ring was bigger than him. Then wow. he had a, I had another ring called the Dago Warrior ring. It had big diamonds, a carrot in each eye and everything. And I said, I got you there. So he has a piano. And all of a sudden, he opens the piano. And there's like three one-carat diamonds floating around. And I says, okay, you got me. <laughs> Is that right? But, but wow. everybody, I mean, everybody came in there. And Landy Warhol would come in. And we'd take pictures. And, and Liza, the great thing about her, we did a movie back in 1982 called uh, Hell's Angels Forever. And she had the poster. As soon as you walk in, everybody saw the poster. Wow. That was great. She was great. And at the end of the, end of the uh, show, she used to jump on my motorcycle, and we take off. Is that right? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I don't awesome. think there's many people in the world that could tell stories. Like, like yeah. literally, you're the only person in the world that could tell those stories. Yeah. Like, I was going to say to you, who is probably the most famous person that you know, but you fucking know every single... Everybody. Everyone. Everybody. I mean, you've... you've, you've, you've the list that we talked about before. So, Bill Clinton... Well, Bill Clinton, I, 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 we were at a, we, we were at a fundraiser together, and he yep. saw me as a Hell's Angel, yep. and he came over. He goes, "I love you guys." He put his arm around me, and that's actually the picture on the back of my book because yep. I came out with, a, with yep. a book called Street Justice, yep. and that's the back. Uh, 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 now, is there uh, is there a funny story about you and, and Bill Clinton? Was I heard a story about you talked about? Well, I was on. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that, Chuck? I was on the Carson Dealey. Show right, yeah, and yeah. he's great. Yeah, we did a great show, we did a great interview, everything. And I come out, and he goes, Look, he goes, You and Bill. I said, You know, there's a funny story about that. I says, I asked Bill, I said, Hey, Bill, what's with the dress? She goes, Chuck, he goes, Chuck, there's she's she's full of crap, there's no stain. She swallowed the whole thing. <laughs> And they bleeped that out on the Carson Daly show. But, but the audience heard it. I know. <laughs> it was great. Now, it was is that great. a true story, Chuck? No, no, no. I made it up. I made it up. I just, we used to jam together. I played the drums and he played the saxophone. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we met one time at the, uh, at the, and we became friends, of course. Yeah. And he was the president at the time, so right. that was great. Wow. Yeah, awesome. So, now, Pamela Anderson, she's not only a client of yours, but also a good friend, right? Yeah, awesome friend. Actually, she just moved back to uh, Vancouver, Canada. Is that right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Was there any, any romance between you guys? No, no. It was just that we were friends. I mean, a lot of people speculate and think, but no. Yeah. No. We were always... Uh, always you always kept the professional, Chuck? Professional. Most, yeah. Most of the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. Okay, so um, Angelina Jolie, what's the situation? Because, I mean... She was awesome. Yeah. She was awesome. I took her to the Hells Angels 50th anniversary party. As and, your date? And, yeah. Everyone and, must have just, like, oh, freaked, freaked the fuck out. out. Here comes Chuck out. Zito on his Harley yeah. with fucking Angelina Jolie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, come on, man. That San Bernardino was the first Hells Angel charter. They call it Purdue for short. And they started March 17, 1948. So they had the anniversary party there, 50 years. And from there, we rode with like 400 Hells Angels in a pouring rain, 90 miles to Ventura. And she just held on. And uh, she was just a trooper. But she was on a bike before with me. We did a movie called Gia together. Yep, that's right. I I played the biker, of course, and then who picks her up at the photo shoot. I I, I, I ride it to the crack house. (laughs) <laughs> Did you have the uh, the handlebar mustache then, Chuck? No, 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 no. That was uh, that was came later. Did they, they come in the Oz years? In the years of Oz? Yes, I had no, no, no. I had Oz. I was. Clean shaven. Uh, um, when I did the uh, Sons of Anarchy, I had the uh, Fu Manchu right. and uh, a couple Fu Manchu, other things. That's right. Fu Manchu. Yeah. Now with with Oz, well, um, it wasn't really Fu Manchu. They call it a handlebar. Yeah, thing, the handlebars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with, with um. <sighs> 
It's just, I mean, like literally there's just so much that we can go through that oh, we can talk just, about. Just... Um, and there's a million and one things. So um... I want to tell you just one story with Liza. She, she wound up marrying a guy named uh, Mark Jarrow, right? And she invites me to a four-year anniversary party. So she goes, I'm having a few guests. Just please come by. I'd love to have you. I said, okay. So I had all white leather, all white leather on, leather, leather pants, white shoes. Where's that inspiration come from, Chuck? Oh, it's crazy. Where's that inspiration? Elvis. Where's that come from, man? Of course, Elvis. (laughs) How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Of course. And and I look like Elvis Presley. So I pull up. She was on, she lived, used to live on East, you know, 69th Street and 150 East 69th Street and big, you know, big high rise and doorman and everything. So I pull up on my motorcycle with my, you know, Hells Angel colors on all white. I had a white and red, you know, red, white, and uh, blue bandana on. And I go up there, I park the bike right in front of the, right in front of the lobby, you know, doors over there by the, by the, uh, all the glass. And I get off, I says, uh, he goes, hey, could I help you? I says, yeah. I says, uh, Liza Minnelli, please. So he goes, Liza, I says, yeah, Liza Minnelli. So he gets on the phone and he goes, uh, yeah, there's a guy here, Chuck Zito, you know. Uh, and I said, you know, Chuck Zito for Liza Minnelli. He goes, Chuck Zito. Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, yes. I'll send him right up. So he goes to me. He goes to 12th floor. So I, I started walking. I went back. I said, 12 what? She owned the whole 12th floor. Fuck. It was amazing. I mean, it, it was like, you know, big mansion, but it, it was an apartment. Yeah. So, of course, I walk in there, and I'm the last one to get there. I walk in there with all my white leather on, my Hells Angel patch, <laughs> and I just look. In one corner, you see Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, uh, uh, Christopher Walken. In another corner, you saw Lucille Ball, uh, 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 James Mason, uh, uh, um, so many people. were just It was amazing, man. I'm saying, oh, she's a few people here, right? Uh, 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 and, and, and Diana Ross, uh, Liberace, uh, Halstead. All these people were there. In that suite. In that suite. And I'm just looking around in awe. And meanwhile, they're looking at me and they're saying, I think they were more factuated to see me than I was of them. Right. And at the time, Flash Chance just came out. So Jennifer Beals was the hottest thing. You know, in a movie business. And she wasn't there. And I'm saying, holy shit, man. I'm going up there, man. And it just... And wow. I met all these other people because of Liza. And I started working out, working for them yep. as a bodyguard. For so that's probably how you everyone. got to, yeah. to work with Michael Jackson was yes. through Liza? Through Liza, actually. And, and, and of course, Elizabeth Taylor also. Um, you, you did some work with Elizabeth Taylor? Yes. yes. And, and Okay, so what about, um, like, one of the most famous men in the world is, is not only a former client of yours, but one of your best buddies, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone, How long yes. have you guys been friends for? There's a story there too. There I want to know. I want to know it. <laughs> there, there was a place called Heartbreak. It was a, it, it was a bar downtown, and I went there. Everybody used to go there. Share. I brought share there. I brought everybody. Liza, uh, uh, you know, Pam. Everybody, everybody was hanging out there. So one night I'm there, and a guy comes up to me. This big, you know, heavy set guy, and he goes, "How you doing?" He goes, "You know what? You look a lot like Sly." I see a lot of people tell me that. He goes, "You know, I'm his bodyguard." I'm looking at him. I said, yeah, yeah, okay. I said, the only thing this guy got was the... Uh, the, the, the pizza. The, the, no one could get it, but... <laughs> was the, the, uh, the, uh, the food line, you know? <laughs> the buffet table. And I'm saying, yeah, okay. He goes, look, he's coming into town next week. We're doing a movie called Staying Alive with John Travolta. He goes, you, you know, I'll have you work for me. I said, okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I walk away and I go see uh, Paul Herman. I said, hey, Paul, you see that fat guy over there? He goes, yeah, that's Tony Manafo. He's Sylvester Stallone's bodyguard. I said, you're kidding me. So now I went up to him. I said, look, if I don't get to work with you, I'd love to meet the guy because, you know, he's my hero. No, no, when I say something, don't worry about it. You know, you're working, you're working. I said, okay. So I'm reading the newspaper that they're right around the corner from the Hells Angels Clubhouse on, on, on the Bowery. At a place called CBGB's, which was a you know very well known, famous place. Everybody played there. And I say, here's this guy, don't worry, I'll call you. Never called me. So I could jump on my motorcycle and I go there. And now I, I did I my hair was a lot longer. I had a red bandana on. I had glasses, you know, sunglasses, but you could see through them. And uh, I, I 
pull up on my motorcycle right in front of CBGB's, and the first guy is there is Tony Manafo. He goes, hey, how you doing? How you? I say, man, I thought you were going to call me when they came. Oh, no, 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 you know, we've been busy. Let me, you know, come and meet Sly. It's okay. Sly's behind the camera because he directed Staying Alive. Yep. And uh, who was, you know, Fanolo Hughes was in it, and, and, and Cynthia Rhodes and John Travolta, and he was behind the camera looking, and... Uh, he goes, Sly, he goes, I want you to meet somebody, a friend of mine, Chuck Zito. So Sly turns around and looks at me. He goes, hey, it looks like I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> you know? I said, yeah. So we became friends. Yeah. And I started working for Tony. And I started bodyguarding, you know, Sylvester Stallone. And then at the end of the shoot, you know, I was with him for a good month there. At the end of the shoot, he goes, look, if you're ever in California, uh, please come by the office. I said, okay, thank you. And, of course, I made it my way out to California. Of course. And when I walked in his office, he gave me a little box. And inside the box was this glove from Rocky Three. You know, and it says, you know, Chuck from Sly on the back, 82. Wow. So, and I've worn it ever since. Can I have that? <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. that is so, a fucking badass story, yeah. Chuck. And we became friends ever since, and we've known each other since 1982. Wow. So... You should call him and see if he wants to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> he moved to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's well, in Florida doesn't want to now. pay those taxes in, yeah. uh, in, uh, in you California. Know what? Everybody's, just, everybody's moving out, and he's yeah. in Florida. He loves it. He loves it. So Yeah. And, and do you guys talk a lot? you see each other much? Uh, we text each other a lot. You know, yeah. We, yeah. You know, it's hard to get him down on, on, on a phone, but we text each other. And I just texted him actually today, Yeah. In this morning. So he's doing good, and his whole family's out there. His three daughters, his wife. Yeah. And... Uh, Legend, 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 legend of the of. I mean, uh, I've just I've been obsessed with the movies and with Sylvester Stallone since. Uh, like my sister was saying to me when I was telling my sister I was talking to, her, interviewing you and talking to you, she's like, "Oh my god, it, the only one that knows your obsession that you had for Sylvester Stallone is me because I fucking grew up with you and that's all yeah, I talked about." Absolutely, absolutely. So, so that's amazing. So all of us. I mean, he inspired millions and millions of people. Come yeah, on, you know, yeah. Rocky. Yeah, Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah. Rocky, Rambo is everything. Expendables. I mean, he he created the greatest franchises in history. I mean, the guy is a genius. Yeah. If you think you see him in Rocky, and and you know what, he held his guns because they wanted other people to play. That's right. And he said, No, I have to be. It. I have to do it. Yeah. I have to do it. They wanted Burt Reynolds. They wanted Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. I have to do it. I mean, where does that the, mindset the, come the from? The cast. The cast is. The greatest ever. Yeah. And he did it himself. And they even went up to like, a, you know, 50000 to 100000 I think a million dollars. I think it was a million dollars. That's and right. He, and, and he, he turned it, it down back. and he was broke. That, okay. So that was going to be my next <clears throat> statement. How, where, where do you get the mindset when you're fucking broke and someone goes, I'm going to give you a million bucks for this script. Yeah. How do you turn that down if you, you have to sell your dog Bunkus? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which he got him back. Which he did get Bunkus but, back. Yeah. But I mean, he stuck to his guns and look at him now. And look you at know, him now. He's, he's one of the greatest, you know, uh, action stars there. 75 years old, still in shape. He's great. Wow. You know, what's what's the secret? He's just so inspiring, man. He's just, he, you know, he is. He is. Do, do you um, watch the movies every now and then and still get that feeling? I still watch them. Yeah. I, I watched Rambo just before I left for California. Yeah. And it's still great yeah. from the first time I saw it. <laughs> you know, just the lines in there. And especially, uh, you, you see, just the... Uh, the one line is he has in, in Rocky, everything else. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when he was with Joe Spinell, who was a great actor, who played the wise guy there. Yeah. And he goes, Rock, now that you're married, you know, when he's getting married. Oh, yeah. Rock, now that you're married. He goes, uh, <clears throat> you, you, you want to invest the money? He goes, look, I, I, just, I just got married. He goes, look, condominiums, they're safe. <laughs> he goes, condominiums? I never, I never use, use them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's great. I just the one line is there is great. I mean, and there was something so innocent about the way that he said that, and the expression on his face. That yeah. was just such a classic line. I mean, that's nobody just... could play that part but him. I no. don't care who it was. The same with the Godfather. All that cast was perfect. Yeah, every everybody's cast in, in in Rocky was great. From Burgess Meredith, you know Mickey and and Charlie Shire and you know Adrian and and Burt Young. Everybody, everybody yeah. was awesome. Yeah, amazing. You know, Mr. T. Mr. T, Mr. T, Club who, Lang. Who, who, who used to, he saw, it used to be Leon Spinks, who just died, you know, rest in peace, Leon. Yeah. But uh, he, he was his bodyguard. Wow. And that's how Sly saw him. He had that look, and, he, and he, that's how he got the job. And what about Dolph Lundgren? How did he and get Dolph, the job? Wasn't Dolph he Lundgren. a bouncer at a, at a, at a uh, and, yes, and Grace yes, Jones? Yes, Grace Jones. And I used to hang out at Studio 54 all the time with Liza. 
and I met him. His actual name was Hans something. I forgot what. Hey, Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. And uh, he was going with Grace Jones at the time. That's right. Yeah. That's and right. we went down. Everybody used to hang out in the basement. Andy, and, you know, Capote, you know, Andy Warhol and Truman Capote and all those guys were, were all all over the place down there. And I remember going into this room and who opened the door was Dolph. Wow. Yeah. And me and Liza walked in. And, of course, he was there with Grace Jones. I mean, it was just the history in my, my I, you know, just blessed with my whole life. You, you must know? have a photographic memory, Chuck, because I notice yeah. you, you're very good at names and dates and you, yeah. you, you, your memory is like photographic. But I yeah. suppose having the extraordinary life and doing the things that you do, you don't want to forget any of that, right? Do you have everything captured? You know on- what? If, if, if we, back in the day, if we had social media with these phones, I never got a picture with anybody. Nobody. The only pictures I had was when the you know the photographers, you yeah. know paparazzi. Yeah, those were my pictures. I never asked, and you never asked celebrities right. at the time. Right. I mean, one of the greatest moments was when I was bodyguard of Charles Bronson. He wow. was a hero. Oh, one and of the one of the first I, action I, movie heroes back I, in the day. I never asked for for pictures with anybody. But imagine with social, you know, we had social media back then. I had pictures with everybody and everybody. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask for a picture with you after this, Chuck, just so you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Be my honor, man. Um, Be my honor. So what, have you ever had your ass kicked? And if the, you had, by the, how many the, people? The, 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 the last time I got my ass kicked, I was five years old. Really? Yeah, there was a guy named Butch. I lived on Barreto Street in the Bronx, the South Bronx. And even at five years old, these guys had, you know, crazy mentality. And every time I walked out, this guy used to beat me up. He was a big, fat mother of a kid. And that's when I started... Yeah, I went crying home. My my father one night. He goes, "You don't come on crying home with me." I was five years old. Yeah. Then he pulled out his trunk and he took out the box of gloves because he had a trunk with all his robes and he went with his robe, his trunks, his shoes, his boxing gloves, and he got on his knees and started teaching me how to fight. Now, is that where your martial arts love came this, in? No, I, I was boxing first. Uh, even though I was five years old, uh, he just showed me how to take care of myself. So, of course. I went out there, and of course, I. The next time I saw Butch, I, I punched him. He didn't move. I saw shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He beat me up again. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but I was boxing for a long time. My first ring fight, I was 12 years old, at the Southside Boys Club in in, in New Rochelle, and uh, then I went on when I was uh, 17, 18. I went into the Golden Gloves, but it wasn't until I saw the Green Hornet. With Bruce Lee as Cato, then I got the martial arts bug right there. And I says, I want to be like this guy. Yeah. And what I did was the following week, I went down to a karate studio, Aaron Banks Karate Studio in, 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 in Times Square. And I started training in White Crane and Tiger Claw Kung Fu from Mr. Chin. Wow. And then from there, I went on to, uh, I went to uh, Kiyoshi Tommy May's you know, Karate Academy, and I started training with, uh, in Jukido Jiu-Jitsu on the Masbute. And I started training with Tommy in Ishida Karate, where I earned my six-degree black belt on the Kiyoshi Tommy May. And then after that, I went to Chris Colombo's uh, uh, East-West School in uh, Kamiti Ru Jiu-Jitsu, VNS Jiu-Jitsu, and started, you know, training in that. And uh, then I... And now I train with Hansel Gracie in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right. in New York City. When I get the time, of course. I haven't been there in a while. Right. Well, how long are you shooting for here in Vegas? I'm here until, I think, Wednesday. Then yeah. I go back to California for a week because yeah. we have like three feet of snow back home in New York, and I'm not in no rush to go home. Yeah. Uh, you like the warmer, warmer weather out yes, here? Yes, yes, yes. Even though I lived my, my whole life in New York... I'm getting, you know, I hate the cold already. Yeah, yeah. So you're a big fan of the UFC. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, do we have that photo up there of me and Chuck? Is that one in there? You got that one in there? There's like a single photo. That's all right. I can slot it in afterwards. Do you remember where we met, Chuck? It was at one of the UFCs, right? Yep. It was backstage at the McGregor. McGregor. That had to be McGregor. It was McGregor and Khabib Wayans. And we were backstage at the yes, T-Mobile. Yes, 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 yes. And I walked up to you and I was like, hi, Chuck, I'm a big fan. Can I get a photo? And you're like, man, you look so much like him. Let's yeah, take yeah, a snapshot. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, <laughs> is that one in there, Ian? You look just like him at yeah, the time. I, know. I said, wow. I mean, back in back in those days when I was doing the, the little impersonator thing, it, it was great because it got me the opportunity to get to meet all these amazing people. Yes. And, and um, 
So speaking of Conor McGregor, did, did you watch the fight a couple of weeks ago? And, and how did you think that went? Were, were you, you know uh, what? I, I didn't see it. I only saw clips of it. Yeah, because yeah. I don't even, you know, it's yeah. hard to watch now because mm. you have to be yeah, on. I know. It sucks, yeah, it's right? it's crazy. It's not even on pay-per-view no, no more. No, you, could, you have to go to ESPN it. Plus. And then, go, yeah. yeah, it's just a pain he has to do now. But I saw And I was surprised. He was they, great the first three mm, rounds. Mm. But then don't forget, Dustin Poirier is a great fighter, too. Yep. He gets better and better. Yep, yep. You know? Yeah, well, I was talking to the uh, the director of physiotherapy from the UFC Performance Institute, and she was, was explaining to me the perennial nerve that Connor had compromised during that fight. If you kick that nerve so many times, it's basically the same feeling as when you smack your funny bone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, when you yeah. smack your funny bone, you yeah. can't imagine trying to smack your funny bone and then write a sentence. Same kind of thing, getting yeah. kicked in the perennial nerve. You can't walk. Unfortunately, it didn't go, uh, you know, his way. But I do believe that they're in negotiations for. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a rematch. Yeah, I I'm think sure Con- it'll be a rematch. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I will say, Connor was at most of his fights too. You got to. You know, uh, Connor. You know, I, I, I no, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I uh, we pass by each other, but we never. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're introduced. It's a small circle of of people in this industry, right? I mean, yeah, everyone yeah, gets yeah. to see everyone. And and the good thing about uh, good thing about UFC is that Dana's been able to keep it going during this oh, whole pandemic, right? Absolutely. And and how great's that been? Absolutely. Because well, I was in it. I was involved in it before it all got real big, right? Dana and, yeah. and Fatidis took it over. Yeah. I was at the first UFC. Right. UFC you know, one in Denver, Colorado, 1993, March 12th. It was my daughter's birthday. I was supposed to be home. Wow. But I was there because I was I, I had a, a karate tournament there, yeah. and Bill from Wallace used to be in my corner. Right, and uh, was that Ken Shamrock UFC one? I can't even remember. UFC one was yeah, it was all the, you know of course, yeah. of course the Hoist yeah. and all those guys. And you mm-hmm. got to realize back in those days there was no rounds, there was no rules. Yeah, there was no you weights. Allowed, you you know no weight class. Yeah, you were allowed to pull hair, punching the balls, everything. Yeah. And he either got submitted or knocked out. Yeah. And you had to fight two, three times in one night. Right. That's right. Yep. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. It was right. elimination fights. Yep. Um, so that's right. Uh, for the first, uh, I wow. believe four, then when the wound up, they they sold it. But the the guy uh, uh, was John Milius, the director, is the one who designed the octagon. Wow. Yes. And it was the Gracies who had, of course, yep. uh, 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 the first UFC. Yeah. And then they bought it, and of course they made it better. They made it, you know, rounds, and mm. because of, I remember watching, and I think it was uh, Hoist Gracie and uh, I believe it was either Dan Severin or Akimo. They were on the floor like forty-five minutes. Wow. And it was getting, you know, a little boring. And, yeah, you know, yeah, So right. now they made the rules and they made the rounds, and yeah. it, which is much better. Yeah. And Dana brought it to a whole new level. Yeah. You yeah. know. No, he's done extremely well with uh, his organization. And to keep it going through the pandemic for absolutely. fight fans like us and for people that love watching sports, yeah. he's done a great job. Speaking of the UFC, speaking of Dana White, and speaking of Conor McGregor, um, I'm very proud to say that one of our affiliates here at the podcast is Proper 12 Irish Whiskey. This is the part of the show where I like to call it the passing of the proper. Um, um, the boys send me over this whiskey, and I get to give it to all my amazing guests that take their time out of their day. Now, Chuck, I know you don't drink, okay, and I know you don't smoke, <laughs> and I know you don't take drugs, but Connor. Well, I'll put it up on my souvenirs in my house because my house is like a museum. Connor and the boys send all this over for me, and I was just going to say that, Chuck. I know you have a memorabilia room in your house. <laughs> um, you've got you've got some really great stuff. I like to call this the passing of the proper. Mr. Chuck Zito, your first bottle of Proper 12 Irish Whiskey. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the hoodie. I know. (laughs) I love the hoodie. I don't think think that's going to fit on you, though, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) What he should have, like I told you before, he should have his two belts in there. Yeah. Because he was the first one to get it, too, right? Yep. The champ champ. The double champ. Yeah. The Um, the 145 and then uh, the 155 division. Awesome. Yeah. So enjoy that, my friend. Thank you so much. I I hope to see that in your your collection one day. Absolutely. You'll see it. Just like that. Just like that with the hoodie, everything. Yeah, yeah. So what's next? What's next for you, Chuck? I mean, you're uh, shooting this movie right now. We're shooting a movie, and uh, uh, we're shooting Dark Angel, and it's also stars um, Robert Davi, Michael Madsen. Wow, Michael Madsen. Dean Cain. Dean Cain, he's played Superman. Superman, yep. and also Richard Grieco. Oh, Richard. So it's a lot of a lot of people, a lot of stars in this movie, and it's going to be good. And like I said, uh, it's Randy Couture, and his his girlfriend wrote it. 
Mindy wow. Robinson. So yep. it's, that's uh, a vampire it's, movie. Yeah, it's a vampire thing. It's uh, demons and something. And uh, my thing, of course, I play a biker. Go figure. <laughs> I, I don't know. What, I, <laughs> you, I, don't, I don't know where they got that from, but I play but, a biker. Were you the only real uh, uh, former convict that was in Oz that actually was in jail? I, I, I believe I was. I mean, <laughs> I, I believe I was. And uh, which makes it more authentic, right? The crazy thing about how I got Oz. I went with a friend of mine named Brian Hamill, and we went to go see the uh, documentary, Only in America, the Don King story. Uh, Fifteen minutes into the movie, the projector breaks, so they turn the lights up. Brian Hamill introduces me to Tom Fontana, the writer and producer of Oz, and also Dean Winters was with him, who played Ryan O'Reilly. So uh, Brian says, look, Chuck just got out of jail. Maybe he could be a technical advisor for you. So... Uh, 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 Tom looks at me. He goes, "You got a great face. Do you act?" I said, "Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> of course." So he goes, "I want you to read for a part of Sam Pancamo." So I went down there. I read for Sam Pancamo. I beat forty people out for the part. And when I got the part, they changed it to Chucky Pancamo. Is that right? Yes. And I was the longest reigning mafia boss on Oz. That's just... and I was on it for uh, five years. They started. They they started the first season. I didn't get on till the second season. Yeah, and it was great. And we could have won another ten years, mate. That show was so popular. As Sons oh, of Anarchy, was, man. Oh, yeah. Is that a good great. payday for a show like that? Well, don't forget, and Oz, I, uh, not really. I mean, uh, I never had an agent manager, even till this day. I don't have an agent or manager. Nobody. Really. And Oz, I got. Uh, believe it or not, I only got two thousand dollars a week on Oz from day one. Five years later, I took home $1,356 every week Fuck. where I should have been making twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand Every year, you goes up. Wow. And I was just happy to be on a show because Tom said, anybody asks me for a raise, you'll get killed the next week. <laughs> so I never asked. I was just happy to be on a show. Yeah. And I suppose but, it gave you experience and, and yeah. you learned from that. Did you do acting classes? Never. 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 So everything comes never, natural for you, right, Chuck? Yeah, everything's natural, yeah. Has your mindset always been the mindset of, I'm going to make something in my life. I'm going to I'm gonna stand out. I'm going to meet everyone that I want to meet. I'm going to go everywhere I want to go. I'm going to treat people with respect and I'm going to fucking be loved. Is that yeah. how you've always I, thought? I, I, you know what? The be- Main thing is respect. If everybody had respect for each other, mm. we'd be in a different, you know, society. But I always had respect for people. Yeah. But I never really thought that far advanced. I just started working for these celebrities, and then, you know, before you know it, every all the pe- puzzles, you know, the pieces fell in together. Yeah. And uh, I started, you know, bodyguarding, and I started doing uh, shows and stuntman and 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 acting, and yeah. it was just great. And the the great thing about it. People knew I was a hell's angel, and they, you know, had respect for me, yeah. and I had respect for them. That's yeah. what it was. And just to have these people jump on my motorcycle, like Liza or, or Cher or Pamela Anderson, and jump on the back of my bike, you knew they had to be cool, you know, to hire yeah. me in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, with with everything that you've done, and I know this is probably going to be a difficult question for you to ask, yep. with everything that you've done in your life, which, what would you say is your greatest achievement? You know what? I've I've had so many things happen to me in my you know there isn't one greatest thing. Right. Uh, just just to be able to, you know, my main thing is my family. I'm very close to my family. I yeah. mean, you know, I still have my mom and my two sisters. We're very close, and family's first. Yeah. Always was. Always will be. Yeah. But I've I've just had so many opportunities in my life that uh that made me you know uh. Have a lot of fans have uh, well, you know, open the doors for uh, other people, and uh, I've gotten a lot of respect from people. Yeah, like nobody. Uh, it wasn't the fear; it was just the respect and 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 people, the love. Yeah, and yeah. I gave the same love back to everybody. Yeah. You know, people were my fa- my fan, my friends. I, I I don't forget. I met a lot of people, especially in Hollywood. Being you know, they're they're they're. they're you know, bullshit. Most Hollywood's bullshit. Yeah. You know, they welcome me open arms, but meanwhile, they stab me in the back. Yeah. You and know, what, what, what you're saying, Chuck, you treat me good, I'll treat you better. You, you treat, treat me, me bad, bad, I'll treat, treat you worse. worse. Absolutely. I do my fucking I, research here, I mate. stole, I stole, yeah, I see that, man. I see that. <laughs> you, did, you did a lot of research, but that's, uh, uh, you know, it goes a long way, that saying. It goes yeah. a long it, way. Absolutely, it does. And I like I said, everybody, you know, you respect me, and I give you the total respect back, and, uh, that's how I live life, you know. Can we show that? Uh, can we show that uh, that fifty 
Hang on a second. Let me just correct this. Can we show that amazing... Is it the 57 Chevy? My 57 Chevy, the beast from the east. The beast? Now... The reason I called it the Beast from the East was because of Vinny, the first Hells Angel I've met. He was called the Beast from the East, and I dedicated it to him when he died. Now, check this thing out, ladies and gentlemen. You don't get to drive one of these around ever in your life unless you're Chuck Zito. This thing is just, I mean, what the sound of it? I mean, what do people do when you drive down? Uh, everyone's got that bridge in New York. Whitestone Bridge and bumper to bumper traffic and people get out of their cars and take pictures of the of the car. It's and then amazing. when they see it's Chuck Zito driving, it's a double bonus, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So cars and trucks and bikes are just a huge part yeah. of your life. You build your own bikes, build you build your own cars, cars. you go to car shows, you have some of these phenomenal yes. vehicles that you display and that you take to different yes. shows. Have you still got the the white Chevy? The, 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 white, the white Corvette. Corvette. Yes, that's still there, and that's a 64 Corvette. Uh, uh, it's got a red uh, stinger hood on it for a big block. A little stripe down there. And, 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 and uh, red interior, so it's really – and it's four-speed. It's yeah. a badass car. Which is your favorite but that's, car? That's actually bone-cold stock. I didn't touch it. Even my 68 Dodge Charger, I got it. I pulled the 440 out, the automatic, and I put a 528 all-aluminum Hemi with a Tremec 5-speed in it. And I put the old wing on the back and from 1969 when they had it, when it came out for the uh, Daytonas or the uh, Superbirds. It had a big wing on the back. And I bought the original. I, I, I hate to get all this, you know, aftermarket stuff because yeah. they're fiberglass now. Right, right. I went on eBay probably 15 years ago, and I bought an original all-aluminum wing. For fifteen thousand dollars, that's a real car guy right there. <laughs> and I and I put it on the back. Well, you we know? call them petrol heads in Australia. A petrol head is this, this, is, what we, this is what we call them. But I mean that that is just bad. And and you um actually tell me about your famous. You have a famous chopper. You stole Mickey Rourke's chopper. Is that right, Chuck? <laughs> oh, sorry, you borrowed it and yeah. you just haven't given yeah. it back. I I, I in nineteen ninety one when the movie came out. He wanted me because he, he... Tell first, everybody which movie for, we're talking about, John. We're, we're talking about the uh, Harley Davidson and Marlboro Man. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he didn't like the movie. I don't know why. And he didn't want to go to the premiere. So he goes, look, just take my motorcycle and drive it there. But I never did. Yeah. But I wound up having a motorcycle from 1991, and I took it home with me back to New York. I said, because it was... He had a garage. He had a bunch of bikes. He had probably had 20 bikes at one time. Mm. But he had uh, 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 another bike there from a Wild Orchid was another famous bike. And I said, Mickey, they're just getting rusty over here. Let me take a couple of them back home, and I'll fix them and everything else. So I, I brought them home, both bikes. I wound up sending the uh, the uh, Wild Orchid bike back to them, and I kept the, uh, the, the, Marlboro, the, the Marlboro bike, which is called Black Death. Right. Now, it's the first, only, and the original bike that Mickey had and used for all the, uh, all the posters and the movie. That he rode. Now there was a second bike called, you know, the stunt double bike, which the uh, his stunt double uh, 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 um, rode. And uh, I've kept the bike and I've had it for now thirty years. You ride thirty it? years all, all the time. Really, all the time. What's your favorite vehicle out of all those ones, Chuck? Do you have a number I, you know, one? I, you can't pick. All, can they're you? all. You love they them all. all have their own character. I pull out the Charger. It's a Charger, uh, you know, for the day, and I drive all my cars. I'll put two hundred miles on a day if I, when I take them out. Really? Yes. And like the Mickey's bike, I, I took the uh, you know Black Death to a, a run. I, I rode it. Now, if you see it, the seats like. A quarter of an inch thick. It's just a piece of leather on there. And I rode that to Cody, Wyoming, to a Hells Angel USA run. And when I got there, I was like, you didn't ride this here. I said, of course I rode it here. <laughs> so I, I, I took that bike all over the place. Yeah. And I recently gave it back to him probably a year ago, right? He wanted it back for a photo shoot. And I says, okay. I sent it out to him. And I actually told him, I said, hey, I'll trade you the vet for the bike. I said, this vet's worth 85000 And he goes, no, I just want the bike for the photo shoot. So when I, the day the bike gets there, he calls me up and goes, I'll, I'll trade you for the, for the Corvette. I said, Mick, I would have never traded you. I mean, I would have never sent the bike out here. I would have just sent the car. Right. So he used it. <laughs> I went back out there four months, and he wound up leaving the bike out in the backyard in the rain, and it's rusted, the whole bike. I said, you still want to do the trade? Absolutely. So I took the bike back. I took it all apart. Cleaned it up. 
had everything chromed all over again, put it back together. And I still have the bike now. Yeah. So Has he seen it since you got it all done nicely? No. Yeah. Okay. No. Because he might want it no. back. Uh, I, I think he does want it back, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he's going to have to give me a lot of money for it, all the money I spent on it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Favorite movie. That I did or my favorite movie? Your favorite movie. I think uh, one of my favorite movies is has to be First Blood with, with Sly <clears throat> and definitely The Godfather. Okay. And f- favorite movie that you've done? Uh, it has to be one of them. is a movie I did with uh, Jason Statham, uh, James Franco, uh, Keith Bosworth, Winona Ryder. And uh, it was uh, called Homefront. And I had a great part in it. But my greatest movie to today has to be Honor Amongst Men. Honor Amongst Men, yep. I'm I'm the lead actor. Mm-hmm. It's Robert Clohassey, also Robert Clohassey, Joan yep. Jett, Ed Asner, and, and Vincent Pastore. Yeah. Yep. But I am the lead. You know, my name is first before anybody comes up Chuck Zito in Honor Amongst Men. And that's big. Man, so, especially sitting in the theater, right, Chuck, <laughs> and you see your name come first. <laughs> yes. Wow, brother. And, 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 wow. and that's that's the the, uh, the biggest movie I ever did. That, wow. I'm in the beginning of the movie, throughout the whole movie, and the last person you see is me and, at the end. And <sighs> we're going to do a sequel because it calls for a sequel. We're going to watch that one tonight, honey. All did right. you see Honor Amongst Men? No, we're going to watch it tonight. We are going to watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to text And the motorcycle I ride in it is the one I built that I still have. Okay. I built all my bikes. I built the bike for Sons of Anarchy, which is the crazy story because everybody had like a black dyno or a black FXR. I built this crazy white chopper with all root beer flames with six foot up sweeps i took a world war ii german helmet made out my oil tank I took, a, I took a 1916 model t lantern made it my my headlight oh. i took rockers made in blades with handles for my rockers <laughs> and and i said you know what this is going to be the baddest fucking motorcycle in sons of anarchy so i get to the set and everybody sees a bike the next thing i know i'm standing there all of a sudden Kurt Sutter comes out, who was the creator yep. of, you know, Sons of Anarchy. He looks at the bike, and I saw him looking at it. So I walk over. I said, how do you like it? He goes, Chuck, this is a, a masterpiece. It's a work of art. It belongs in a museum. I have never seen anything like it. Wow. But you know you can't ride it in a movie. <laughs> what? You can't ride it on the show. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, because everybody will be looking at you and your motorcycle and nobody else. I said, well, that's the <laughs> fucking plan, man. <laughs> That's the idea. And he wouldn't let me ride it. Wow. Wow. So I says, well, look, I built the bike for the show. You got to let me show it in, you know, on on, on the uh, one of the episodes. So in two episodes, he had me building the bike on the show for a bike show. Wow. So they incorporated that part into the show yes. just because you had to want yes. to showcase your bike. Yes. That's badass. I, I, I spent a whole month, day and night, with Mondo Porus from uh, – uh, 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 Denver's Choppers out in Reno building this bike just for the show. Wow. And you paint and everything, Chuck? I paint everything, but I, I didn't paint that one. Right, I, right. You know, a, another guy called Little Mondo painted that, you know? Mm. So, so Howard Stern, you've been on Howard Stern a lot. Oh, a lot, a lot. Now, how was, uh, how was that experience and how does it compare to this little show that you've been on today? Howard Stern was, I mean, I, Wound up doing his show so many times, he gave me my own show That's called right. Chuck Zito's View. That's right. That I had on it for six years. Incredible. So, of course, I went on the show uh, back in 98 yeah. after the, the Van Damme thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, he called me on. He goes, uh, uh, the next day in the paper, it had a picture of me and had a picture of you know, Jean-Claude. And- Hang on a second. One, one sec, Chuck. For anyone that doesn't know, Chuck Zito kicked the shit out of Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, one night in a nightclub. I think it was a one-two and then followed by a bit of ground and pound. Is that correct, Chuck? Yeah, but I don't, you know what? It, it's happened so long ago. Yeah, you know, but was, it's still a good that, story, Chuck. That was 23 years ago. Yeah. And, it, and, and the crazy thing about it, I felt so bad because I got so much – so much publicity from somebody else's misfortune. Yeah. And it took us 17 years to, to talk to each up. other again. Oh, bless. So now we're, we're dear friends. Yeah. I mean, I know his family. I know his daughter. I know his you know, son, yeah. Nikki. I know everybody. Yeah. And we're friends. But it happened... 
23 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And there's almost not a day that goes by that somebody asks me. About the Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah, thing. tell me about the story. I said, forget about it. It was so long ago, yeah. man. Well, uh, you know, it's good that you guys got to move on, but it's also good yeah, to be able to say yeah, that you did it. But it, you bodyguarded for him, right? Yes, I was his bodyguard back in 1992. Yeah. And uh, haven't seen him since... In six years, yeah. when the incident happened mm. in, in, in Scores yeah. uh, Strip Club in yeah. New York City. He was talking smack in the bathroom. Someone came up and told you. No, no, you. no. He went to the bathroom. He came back, and he was somebody told me he was talking smack yeah. about me he in the bathroom. He said you're full of shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, shit like that happened, and, you know, it didn't work out well for him, but... uh all I got to say is John Claude Van Damme must have been on a lot of alcohol that night to tell no, Chuck no. Zito that he's full of shit. He wasn't because that's another thing that pissed me off. People said, oh, he was drunk. He was, he was doing a movie and drinking water. Right. And that's the one thing that pissed me off because I never hit a drunk guy in my life. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but like I said, it happened so long ago, and we're friends now. We patched up. It took a 17 years to patch it up, and we're friends. So, yep. I want to keep it that way. <laughs> no, of course. Hey, no, no, <laughs> nothing. I just had to mention that because yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's you been, and everybody else does. I it's know, crazy. I know. It was, just, it was just one thing that I had to mention. So, hey, listen, man. So, the Howard Stern thing was good. How was your experience on, on my show today? Oh, it's awesome. I think your, your studio is amazing, man. It's really, you know, it's just like a uh, shit. It's more, more uh, like a man cave, man cave than Howard's, man. You yeah. know, yeah. I, I love it when as soon as you walk in, you see the guitars, you know, signed by everybody. You see, you know, Bruce here. You see everything, man. Yeah. The gloves signed by Mike Tyson. And of, of course, the guy used to bodyguard your picture with him. Yeah. It's awesome. And of course, seeing the dragon. The dragon. The right there. The king Bruce of Lee. kings. Yeah, he's the king of kings. And you know what? I always say he was 100 years ahead of his time. Yep. Ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. I think he was the baddest, baddest martial artist. And still, if you pick up a magazine. Now, he died in 1973. Mm, wow. You pick up a magazine today. Yep. He's either on the front cover yep. or somewhere in it. Yep. And that's his legacy will always live on yeah. and, and everything else. And yeah. uh, I'm supposed to be going to Hong Kong, you know, uh, 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 in the next few months. I think it's uh, uh, May. I'm going May, August. No, August I'm going. And I want to go and take the picture next to his statue. That's the statue there, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. And he's buried in, you know, in Seattle. That's right. That's right. You can go to his gravesite yes. if you like that yes. too. Yes. Um, you know, Chuck, I, I, you know, I've known who you are for a long, long time now. We kind of connected on social media. We met at the Conor McGregor yes. gig. Um, you've always been such a class act. You've always supported my show. You've always liked, commented, or gave me the thumbs up. And it's just been a true honor to be able to have you uh, here in the podcast because it only elevates my status and, and, and my credibility being able to speak to such an amazing person with such an Thank amazing story. Thank you so story. much. Thank you for all the love, everything, and all the great, you know, Everything, the comments, everything about it. Of course, and if, if uh, that introduction was great, you want to be my agent? <laughs> I never had one. Go believe it. What percentage do I get? Never have. I never had one. <laughs> you don't need one, mate. You can do it yourself. But <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate that. My yeah. uh, introductions are are well known around the podcast industry. But Chuck, just in closing, before we part, if there's just one thing that you could say to anybody out there, maybe your fans, maybe um, someone that's that, that that needs a bit of advice on on how to pick themselves up and move forward in life. Maybe someone's not feeling the best, and yeah. and and they're listening to your story and thinking, "Fuck, my life is so shit compared to his." Is there something you can say to... You know, it's just life alone. I have, I have a, a sign on my bedroom door that says, every day is a gift, just to be able to breathe and walk around. But I always tell people, don't ever give up. Uh, keep fighting for what you believe in, and your dreams will come true sooner or later. And uh, that's what I do. I mean, uh, you know, I'm fortunate. I've, I've done a lot in my life, and there's still more to do. And uh, more, I, tell, I tell people, just don't give up. Don't give and up. Keep fighting. Keep don't fighting. Don't give up. You know, and Can look I? for that. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome being here. Thank you so much for having me. Mate, You're an awesome guy. You're an awesome, you know, announcer. Great, great podcast you have and all the people here. I'm just uh, happy to be here. And it's just been a treat for me. I pretty much couldn't sleep last night because I was so excited about this today. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I literally couldn't. And my lovely fiance and all my family, when yes. they found out that you were coming on, everyone was just, just blown away. A couple of my buddies, one of my buddies from Ireland had to come in and, and say g'day. So I just want to say once again, thank you very much, Mr. Chuck Zito for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Ladies thank and you. gentlemen, this is Marcus Deegan for the What Happens Here podcast with the legend himself, Mr. Chuck Zito. I'm out. I'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.